Welcome to Real Marketers, where we hear from marketers who move fast, ask forgiveness, not permission, obsess about driving results, and are filled to the brim with crazy ideas and the guts to implement them. This is not a fireside chat, and there's absolutely no bullshit allowed here. And I'm your host, Stephanie Cox. I have more than 15 years of marketing experience, and I've pretty much done about everything in my career. I believe speed is better than perfection. I use the Oxford comma. I love Coca-Cola, have exceptionally high standards, and surround myself with people who get shit done. On this show, my guests and I will push boundaries and share the real truths about marketing and empower you to become a real marketer. As marketers, we want instant gratification. And if we're honest, so do our bosses, regardless of what level we're at. Everyone wants marketing to deliver results immediately. But how do you balance that with SEO, which is definitely not a short-term game. It's a long-term play that takes a lot of dedication, time, and strategy to really make an impact. And that's what we're talking about today. In this episode, we chat with Devin Pickle, growth marketer at Nextivia. He has more than five years of marketing experience and previously held roles at G2, Spear Software, Jerry Thomas Public Relations, and Around Media Group. We're talking about why you should invest in SEO, balancing the need for instant gratification and the long-term play of SEO, link building, and so much more. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, I'm uh, super happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So first question, tell me something about yourself that few people know. All right. So this is a good one. So... Uh, I live in Chicago. We, you know, you live in Indianapolis. I'm sure you're uh, very aware of Lake Michigan. But, you know, I, I don't really like swimming. And a lot of people don't really know why. You know, I'm not one to like jump in the water or do cannonballs or anything like that. Um, I tend to, to shy away from water. So there's a reason for that. It's, uh, I really do not like water. When I was like younger, um, I was at like a birthday party and we were doing like a group picture and I was like underwater and I was accidentally like kicked by someone and I like low key kind of almost drowned. <laughs> so that does not sound low key if you kind of almost drowned. <laughs> I was like, I vividly remember like, you know, like the light and then like me like reaching up like to grab like someone and yeah, since that point, that was like seventh grade. So since that point, I really do not like mess with water. Um, like it's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll like hang out by the beach. But yeah, everyone who knows me, um, that's like kind of the reason why. So I feel like that's like a super valid reason. <laughs> yeah, out of all like the phobias, you know, like this one was like caused by something. So, you know, it's not like every, everyone hates insects and bugs and stuff, but, you know. This is, uh, yeah, this was brought on by something. So, yeah. I totally get that. So one of the things that I'm really excited to talk to you about today is all things SEO related. So I think maybe for us to get started, can you just give every one of my listeners a quick synopsis of what SEO in 2021 really means? Yeah. So I, I think just to give a little backstory of that, I would say 2020 really marked a year and where like SEO was like truly exposed as like a thing that, you know, small businesses all the way up to enterprises could really benefit from. 
we were all forced to uh, because of quarantine and being stuck inside, you know, like how do you discover a local business? You can't really walk around and, you know, you see a shop and, oh, let me go in and, and see what's up. Um, you really had to like take to the internet, take to Google or whichever search engine you, you prefer and to had to discover your local businesses. So for SEO in 2021, I think it's just going to be compounded of how important it is to have that digital footprint, whether you're a local business who sells coffee, whether you're a professional services uh, company, whether you're a, a marketing agency. It, it really, like 2020 has truly exposed how important SEO is, you know, even though it is that long play, um, you can't shy away from it. So, yeah. So thinking about that and it is important, but it also is like that long game, right? I think sometimes marketers, and I know I've been guilty of this myself, right? You want instant gratification. Consumers want instant gratification. I want to do something and see immediate results, right? But SEO doesn't work like that. So how do you get people to understand why they need to invest in SEO and that they're not going to see results like tomorrow or in a week, that it's going to be, you know, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, a year from now, before you, some of that really pays off, but you have to do it in order to start to drive, you know, a cost-effective channel for your business. Yeah, that's the like most common criticism of SEO is that, you know, it takes too long. Um, how do I really get it off the ground? You know, I've been investing in it for six months and I'm not really seeing any tangible results. And I always like to like hark back to, you know, you're running a Google search on your phone, on your on your laptop. You know, many of the searches now today, you know, SEO is, is much more accessible uh, than it was, say, a decade ago. So people have a, a better grasp on it. But uh, many of those top 10 searches uh, in some way were influenced by good SEO. There's always going to be, um, you know, random results that you're probably like, how, how did this even get in here? But SEO is that long play. And um, it's, it is hard to convey the value right away because, l like you said, you're not going to get those results up front in most cases. If you do have a strong domain, you know, and then I'm sure later we'll talk about like domain rating and scores and all that. If you have a strong domain, you could rank pretty quickly if you know what you're doing. But SEO, in a way, is those free results, as like free with quotations around it, because you know you have to pay for a SEO employee who knows what they're doing, the tools that are involved with it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess it, it's it's a tough question because you know I, I know like the especially at startups, um, you know, you want those results quickly, but would you rather throw that money at Google ads and not really see any return and get outbid by companies who could actually afford that? Or would you rather invest in SEO and have some evergreen content um, that eventually funnels uh, people onto your site for a minimal dollar amount? So let's say I get everyone on board with the idea that SEO needs to be a channel for our business long-term. Like, how do I even know what to do to get started? Because I think one of the things that people don't understand about SEO, at least, you know, marketers I've talked to in the past, you have like a bucket of marketers that really get what SEO is and they know how to write content for it. And then you also have a bucket of marketers 
who maybe believe that I'll just write good content and SEO will just happen without having maybe a strategy behind it. So, you know, if you're coming into a company with the goal of helping really create SEO as a, as an ongoing channel, what's the first thing that you do? I would say to show that value right away is to, if you can get access to a tool and there are free and like freemium tools out there, show what sort of uh, search volume is around competitive terms in your industry. So for example, I, I'm at a company called Nextiva. We're in the VoIP industry. <laughs> You're going to see anywhere from 60 to 80,000 search terms a month just for a single term. It's incredibly competitive. And if you want any chance to even rank for that, you need to invest in SEO for the long term. Because these are the searches that, that people are doing when they, when they hit a search engine. These are the discovery terms. That, that's really what SEO is. And a lot of companies, uh, you know, I would say don't, if you're trying to convey S that value of SEO, don't set any unrealistic expectations up front. You know, the, like the fun, the funny saying in SEO really is like, it depends. Like I, I it's very noncommittal. <laughs> so you can't set those unrealistic expectations up front. You know, it's, it's hard to put a, a time stamp on like when to expect results but there are you know there's there's plenty of of companies who've been able to build their brand solely off of seo i would say uh one of the companies that comes to mind is ahrefs where they have a, like a fully content first approach seo first approach what does that mean for people who aren't familiar with like a full content seo first approach like what's the difference between that and maybe the opposite so I would, so hmm, what would the, I'm trying to think of what would the opposite of a SEO first approach would be probably a, a PPC first approach where you're just throwing money at, at, at ads. SEO first approach, um, it's really uh, compiling the competitive key terms in your industry and then going off of what people are, are like what the complementary searches are uh, for that. It's also investing in asset creation. So a huge part of SEO is uh, link building. Um, so for, for people who, who aren't like, you know, who are SEO novices, Google sees links and backlinks as like super valuable. It passes uh, like, like link equity, link score from one site to another. Say if I get a link uh, from the Washington Post on my website, a really strong domain has great authority. Um, that link is going to basically signal to Google, all right, this is an authoritative website. You should see some boosting in your rankings from that. So link building is a huge part of it, but you have to build assets that people actually want to link to, whether that's a really awesome infographic. We see a lot of like data storytelling now, which is super linkable. Um, basically. Uh, you have like teams of SEO and content creators working with like data people to, you know, I'm sure you've seen or you, you'll see like these BuzzFeed type of pieces every now and then of like, you know, which office character are you? Uh, so like interactive content quizzes. Um, so SEO isn't just like blog content. It really does like span across all, a lot of types of content that we consume today. So that, that is that content first approach is just 
you know, you have the more technical in the trenches doing that keyword research and, you know, finding the competitive terms in your industry. But then you just have to see what sort of content is being created in the space and how can I make it better? How can I make it interactive? People today consume visual content, more interactive content, more than they have before. People are spending more time on, on sites with content that actually makes them engage. So I would say creating linkable content is part of that content first approach. So when you think about, you know, figuring out what, you know, keywords that you want to start ranking for, how do you know, like, to, like, just take it at a really basic level, like, what do I even do? Like, how do I know what to do? You know, and like you mentioned, where there's, you know, like in the business that you're at, there might be 60 to 80,000. How do you start to prioritize that? Like, what would be your recommendation? Do I just go into like keyword planner and start searching? Or like, how do I start thinking about if I've never done this before, how to start to build out the list of SEO phrases that I want to start ranking for and then creating the content strategy from that? Like, what does that process look like typically for you? Or what would you recommend? So from a very beginner level, I would say if you don't have like any budget really toward a, a SEO or keyword tool to, to basically like list these out for you, I would say just do a, a, a Google search. Uh, right now, you know, type in the keyword that is most associated with uh, what you provide. Uh, you know, for example, gosh, if I'm a, a photographer, I would look up uh, more what you call evergreen terms. So terms that don't really like lose value over time or lose volume over time. Terms that people are always sort of searching for and stay relevant. So I would run a basic Google search, um, type in what is, you know, or how digital photography works or is something from a very high level that, you know, you may think that it's, you know, oh gosh, you know, how can people search this, not know what it is? But there's a lot of people who, who do search from that. And then you can go from there. You could see, so there's a couple ways to do this. So you get that really nice evergreen result, that, that first introductory uh, beginner result. You can immediately look at what the search results are. So there's the people always, people also ask section, or I think it's people always ask section. I'd have to look at that. But Stephanie, you know what I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yep. Those are the essentially, yeah, the, the drop down uh, supplementary questions. It's like, all right, so what is digital product photography? Typically, I'm imagining the supplementary keywords off of that, that people are also asking for is how does it work? What are the different types of it? What are some good examples of it? Who are the best digital product photography agencies around me? So this is a way to start building out content that you could you could actually start mapping this out just from a Google search result alone. Another way to do it, I would actually just start clicking on the top results because if a site is showing up on the first page of Google, there's a good chance that they, there's some good SEO behind it. So these people already know what they're doing and you can learn immediately from them. Look at some of the headers that they're covering. Um, look at some of the blogs that they're, that they're covering. This will inspire you to begin, begin that content creation process. Like, all right, I need to start covering these type of keywords um, because Google is rewarding sites that do. So you may see a lot of like similar duplicate 
ish content. And then it's just up to you to nail like that really SEO focused type of content. But then, like I said before, like start building out like linkable assets, make your content stand out. I know you talked about link building earlier, and I think one of the things that can be a little overwhelming for people is, you know, you mentioned the Washington Post example. How do I get the Washington Post or anyone to link to my content? And I know you've been very successful with this in the past, so I'd love to just dive into, you know, what's your approach? How do you figure out who should, who do you need to link to it, link to your content? How do you get them to do that? What does it all look like? Yeah, so... Link building is definitely, (laughs) it's definitely like going through a little identity crisis right now because, you know, I'm sure you've seen it in your inbox or, you know, members on your team have seen it in their inbox of, you know, like, hey, I I really like XYZ content. I've built this similar piece of content, would love for you to link to it. You know, where is the value in that? Like, why would I, as a, as a webmaster, want to go in to my content to switch it up, to add your link for literally no value on my end? So, you know, link building, in a sense, like, it's really going through a transformative phase because, uh, you know, you're going to want to, a lot of, like, really good link building is recipro- reciprocal. So how I approach link building is, uh, first and foremost, you know, I I contact people um, that I've worked with in the past to sort of, you know, like, hey, uh, can I get a favor here or there? You could reciprocate the favor in in terms of uh, link building. That's probably the the easiest. I know it's not, that's like the very most basic advice, but hit up people in your network. Like these aren't cold connections. You're not going to have to, you know, scrape an email list and send out to people who, you know, don't even know your name, don't even know what you look like or what you provide. Hit up your first connections, um, see where you can get some favors, and then you know you can return those favors down the line in terms of links. From there, you know maybe your second degree connections. You need to, especially now in COVID, and you know it's the the person to person interaction is really limited. Um, start networking online. You know send some send some cold messages, some cold DMs find out ways to start building those relationships. Something I like to do, I like to get people links ahead of time. You know, say I'm, I'm writing a guest post and I know like this person at this company just built out this research report. They could probably really use a, a link to that because um, one, it's going to make them look good to their boss, but two, it'll obviously help them look good in the search results. So, you know, I like to take that proactive step even <laughs> there's been times where I've, I've done that and then sent a, uh, a message to like a second degree connection. Like, Hey, like really like the content you've, you know, you guys been working on. Um, I actually included it in a post of mine would love to connect uh, in the future and see how we could help each other out. So link building now it's used to be so cold years ago. I, I still get really crappy <laughs> pitches in my inbox and like i said I'm, I'm sure every single day yes it's 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 bad and there's a lot of it out there still um it just doesn't work so you need to build those relationships make those connections ahead of time it's going to make your life so much easier and it's something my team does really well here at Nextiva. we we really have the flywheel going with with link building um 
so yeah, I, I would say that's that's the first more basic approach I would take to link building, tap those connections. So let's talk a little about conversion rate optimization. I think everyone knows it. I think everyone knows they should do it. I think a lot of marketers don't, especially if you're outside of, you know, maybe an e-commerce world. And the idea of running tests when you're working for an e-commerce brand, it's almost like you have to, right? Because that has an immediate impact on sales that you can see pretty rapidly. But I find a lot of B2B businesses or even B2C businesses that don't sell direct to consumer really struggle with conversion rate optimization in terms of just their overall digital presence. So talk to me a little bit about like, what does CRO really mean and why is it so crucial for businesses and marketers to be doing it? So CRO is really is like the, you know, the practice obviously of in increasing minimally, like fractionally your conversion rates over time. And this is really just done through a lot of testing, a lot of short sprints, a lot of quick testing, A-B testing. Um, there's a lot of a nice tools out there. You know, I've used VWO in the past. Um, there's a, a tool called ClickFlow, which is a little more inexpensive, a little more accessible. Um, and I would say, so where my experience with conversion rate optimization stems from is uh, more copywriting. In the, in the SaaS world, uh, you'll see it a lot. I've seen some really poor copy on websites. Copy that almost uh, really confuses the reader. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've landed on a site and I'm like, already passed the first fold. I'm like, all right, what does this company actually do? <laughs> they could use conversion rate optimization. They could use that testing. They could really benefit from a copywriter who understands how to speak to that audience, tweak up some of the copy, um, you know, maybe add a, a hero image with a, with some really nice like product photography uh, beside that copy. Show people what you want them to see. Run a two week test on it. See what the click through rate is like. Gosh, you could even go a little further. There's a there's heat map analysis software that'll literally track the like clicks on the site and it'll like provide you with a little like screenshot of where people are clicking, how are people engaging on, on the webpage itself. So I would say some of the best CRO I've seen stem from just copywriting. You need better copy on the site, more more simple copy. I find works in, in our industry, especially where we cater to a lot of smaller businesses who you know, really just want the value upfront. What do you provide? Like, just let me know. I'm a believer and show people what you want them to see. Like, just put it there. You don't need to, to mask it and make it look pretty. Well, that's one of my favorite pieces of advice because I think a lot of times, you know, marketers struggle with how to be concise. And sometimes that's because you know your brand so well, you just want to tell everyone all the great things about it. And other times it's because someone else in the organization, maybe on the C-suite, is pushing, you know, we need to have, we need to use this type of language. And it's the easiest way to like kill all opinions is through testing, right? Testing like the hero, testing, you know, the homepage copy and with what you have today and what you, another version of what you think it could be, because then you get data and it can prove, Hey, you know, we can see this increase in conversion rates, which does have an impact on the business and it takes away opinions. Yes. Yeah. 
I would, yeah, for, for companies who are really struggling with, with CRO and don't even really know how to approach it, take those minimal, you know, minimal tweaks to your site. That could even be so much as, uh, you know, like, all right, we've, we've had this pricing module on this landing page for, you know, for, for God knows how long, for years. How could you know that you're really getting the most out of it if you've never bothered tweaking it or optimizing it in, in, in any way? You know, maybe you can move it up a little higher on the page. See, see what the engagement is there. Maybe you can work with the designer to to update it. Say if it's really long, you know, a really long checklist of you know, all right, this pricing plan offers this and that. Maybe shorten that a little bit. Work with a copywriter to make it a little more concise. Tweak the CTA buttons. You know, is the CTA button really vague? Like, you know, like learn more now. <laughs> Versus something where it's very concise, you know, book a product tour, you know, have a, take a free trial, seven day free trial, something that conveys that value up front. I'm all about that. I really don't like the vague um, product copy that you'll see on a lot of landing pages still today. So it's, yeah, taking those like very small approaches and, and doing short tests over time. So if you had to give one piece of advice to everyone that wants to invest in SEO and they don't have the budget to hire someone or an agency to do it, but they could maybe allocate 20% of their time, you know, a month to SEO efforts, what's like the one or two things that you would tell them, get started here. I know it's not going to change the world, but it's probably the most important thing in kind of the overall SEO, link building, conversion rate optimization world. I would say um, the first and foremost, uh, try to get a team structure that uh, supports SEO. I'm very fortunate to work at a company where we're very demand gen, marketing, SEO driven, you know, all the way up to the the CEO really believes in what we do. Um, but that's not like that at a lot of companies. And, you know, I've I've experienced that multiple times at, at other companies where you're constantly fighting for investment. You're constantly fighting for um, just, just buy-in. So get the team structure you need to, to have effective SEO. I would say if you only could dedicate so much time, you know, maybe you need to be the person who writes, who, who does, you know, maybe some content blogging and, and copywriting. But you'll also need um, some more technical people on your side, because when we get into like technical SEO and, and page speed and um, you know like out, outdated JavaScript, you're going to need a technical person, so someone in uh, uh, you know like a, a web dev or engineer, someone on your side to help you with that. Have them believe in the purpose of SEO. I would say you would also need, especially now when I when I again talk about like linkable assets infographics, uh, video creation, animations, you're going to need a designer on your side. Someone who, again, like is not always going to deprioritize uh, SEO, but instead like you have a, a, a process in, in place to build assets. Even if it's, uh, you know, like a custom featured image, um, you're going to need that team structure to support you because then you're just going to be spinning your wheels and you're going to do what a lot of you know businesses do and that's they give up too soon on SEO so really get the team on hand um, there's a lot of i mean gosh there's so many great case studies of 
how SEO has been able to drive business and really be that inbound machine um, for a lot of businesses. So get the team on hand. Again, don't set up unrealistic expectations up front. <laughs> you know, uh, there's still a lot of value in, in all different types of marketing. SEO can't can't get it done alone. There's It's very rare that it could be the sole driver of business. So don't set those unrealistic expectations up front. But even from a brand play, you need to show your C-suite. You know, look at look at what our competitors are doing. You don't want to be too competitor obsessed, but if they are showing up organically for for basically every result in your industry, every competitive result, that's that's SEO right there. That's <laughs> that's that long term investment. So it's gonna you're gonna need to create that pain of you know we're not ranking any, for anything. Uh, for any of the terms in our industry, we need to fight back. Uh, we need to to go on offense. So even creating that sense of urgency, uh, even with the little time you have to spend on SEO, it's creating that sense of urgency, not giving unrealistic expectations up front. And I would say getting a, a small but powerful team behind you that that believes in SEO. Whenever I talk to someone about SEO, I always find a nugget of something new that I learn. And my conversation with Devin was not any different. I loved his idea around link building. I know it's one of those things that as a marketer can sometimes feel really awkward to do. And we've likely all been on the receiving end of these random emails that ask if you can link to some site. But there's a way to do it that's smart. And I think his idea was really, really good and something everyone can implement. When you want to think about link building, start with your network, start with people you've worked with before, reach out to them if, if it makes sense to connect your content. I think it's a really good way to ease in into the link building concept without necessarily doing it from scratch and as a cold outreach. And it's something all of us can do today. You've been listening to Real Marketers. If you love what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. All of this marketing goodness shouldn't be kept a secret.